When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jim Harbaugh will not be the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Some might theorize that he took a look at Kirk Cousins' $50 million salary and said, I got to get out of there. But the truth is, he was just tired of getting his ass beat by Justin Fields and didn't want to continue that on the NFL level. Well, I'm not here to bash Jim Harbaugh. I'm a Jim Harbaugh fan. I understand why people wanted to hire him. It's kind of like when it's late in the evening. You're looking for something to watch on television. There's reruns of Friends, and it's comfortable, and it's safe, and you're familiar. You know Joey. You know Chandler. You know everybody. You know the principals. But sometimes you want to step out, try something new. Go watch Ozark. Go watch something on Netflix, whatever it is. And I think that's what the Bears have done. Listen, I like Jim Harbaugh, but at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and be upset that the Bears had to settle for their number one choice as general manager, their number one choice at head coach, and their number one choice at offensive coordinator. None of that stuff bothers me. I think the future of the Bears looks bright. We don't need to look in the past anymore. The future is where we need to go. And you know what, Sammy? Let's start the show. Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The sickest Chicago Bears and fantasy football podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. All right, welcome to the Sick Podcast. I am Adam Rank, and of course, when I was there on the top talking about all these great things the Bears have done, should have noted Alan Williams has been hired as the defensive coordinator as well, and I believe that's significant. It's something that we talked about on Tuesday night during the Take It to the Rank Q&A. We do that every night, or excuse me, every day, every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the other night, we talked about this. The Chicago Bears, their general manager, black their franchise head coach or their franchise quarterback is black the defensive coordinator is black I think that with everything that is going on right now in the NFL with Brian Flores and everything like that it is significant to think that a charter franchise like the Chicago Bears have been making such huge moves and they don't feel they don't feel forced it feels like it's been based on merit so it's a great day a great time to be a member of of the Chicago Bears and a fan of the Chicago Bears as well. And so I do want to do something because we'll talk about the offensive coordinator position because coming on the show here in just a couple of moments, I went out and got one of the best broadcasters in all of football, YouTube, television, Fox, whatever it is. Now this guy concentrates on the Green Bay Packers, but for my money, he is one of the best commentators on football, regardless of who you listen to or who you root for or anything like that. He's hilarious. He's wonderful. He is Tom Grassi. Of the wow. Grassi Posse. What is up? Listen, wow. I'm, so thrilled. I'm thrilled. What an intro. Thrilled to have you on. And I uh, listen, listen, I'm uh, how are you? How are you doing? First of all, I'm I'm great. And like that intro was so kind. Like yeah. I almost feel bad for making the joke I'm going to. About how did you get any highlights for Justin Fields throwing a touchdown for that intro? Like, did was that something that was just like recorded just for this podcast? And how does it feel that that's never going to change during the years down the line? Oh no, that (laughs) so mean. Why? Listen, uh, well, first of all, I think the reason why we don't have more highlights of it is that we had a coach who uh, who drafted a guy who was phenomenal on the college level, who was amazing. Yep. who does so many things well. Some would even con- consider him a tall version of Russell Wilson. He's like, you know what, though? Well, we got Andy Dalton, and I sort of promised him. Like, I have children, you know, and I understand what it's like sometimes. You make a promise. Like, yeah, we're going to go get ice cream after school today. Yeah. Things change. They do. And, uh, you know, we can't do it. 
And sometimes I got to look at a little, little Ahsoka and be like, listen, girl, we can't, we can't go to ice cream today. I know I promise we're going to have to do something else. You know what? As a six-year-old, she understands. Similarly, I, re- I would have felt that Andy Dalton would have understood as well. But you know See, what? But in that analogy, though, like the ice cream is Justin Fields and Andy Dalton is like going to a recycling factory where they are burning plastic. Like that's the, that's the difference there. And you're spending $10 million to go watch and inhale all the fumes that are coming off the plastic. So... Yeah, it's definitely a tough call. It is. It is a tough choice, yeah. and I know it's something. I mean, again, I don't. I don't want to sit here and rehash it because I think there's there's so much positivity so much. for the future. And I know for Packer fans, you're going to want to live in the past in a in a few months here, and which is fine. Which I understand. Listen, for a, I I come from a family that's still living in 1985. Who isn't? You know, my my uncle's still driving an El Camino <laughs> that was uh you know causing that that caused the fog bowl in '88. <laughs> It really wasn't the it wasn't the weather off Lake Michigan. It was my my, my uncle's exhausted. El Camino. It was just running. He left running in the parking lot. But uh, let me let's start off here. I want to I want to start off where we will get along because honestly, I I do love your show. I the, everything that I said is true. I think that what you do is amazing, and it's not just the Packers. I know it's the Packers cast, the Pack cast, but it's a good football program. You have a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, reactionary pieces, the stuff that's going on in the NFL that even if you don't have, it's like, um, like if you went to go see Spider-Man far from home, it's like, does it help that you've seen all the other Spider-Man movies? Yeah, of course, but you can still sit down and enjoy this film, whether you've seen them all or not. And I feel like that's what your show is like. Thank you. You don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. Like should make that an intro. We should make that an intro. And I do want to start off, though. I want to talk about Luke Getze, the oh, offensive yes. coordinator of the Chicago Bears. I oh, think, yes. listen, how do we feel? Like, do we, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of the, a lot of casual fans don't study this. But how do we feel about it? How do you feel about him? What do we like? What do we know? What's going on with it? Well, so there's a lot of stories coming out of that. So the Packers, obviously, I mean, they've gone back to back to back seasons with 13 win seasons right back to back nfc championship games then making it to the divisional round and then i don't know what happened after that i blacked out (laughs) but the thing is is that after this year you've been successful for this stretch under matt lafleur we're starting to get some poaching that's going on for example the denver broncos are trying to become the packers west as they are just poaching everybody they get nathaniel hackett they get our tight ends coach and that's that's bound to happen, right? When you start to have a franchise that has success, Adam, that's when a team does well for a period of time, like over and over and over again. What happens is, is that other teams then try to oh. take your coaches. Why yeah. did nobody try to hire Nagy before then? He went to the playoffs two out of three years, mm-hmm. never under 500 till last season. Why didn't somebody steal yeah, him? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy to me. I mean, I think he should get a GM. I thought he'd be your new GM, honestly. I like, hoping, I thought yeah. the Bill O'Brien treatment, like that he got in Houston, just like make him everything. You know, throw Adam Gase in there, just do the whole, sure. the whole kit and bang. Um, but Luke Getze is a, he's a quarter, he was the quarterback's coach for the Green Bay Packers. And, there's lots of stories coming out that Rogers begged that like the Packers would retain him. Instead, we wind up just uh, elevating or promoting Adam Senevich, who was our O-line coach. We made him our new offensive coordinator. And so I think with the guy that you're getting, and he has a really good relationship with Rogers and he is like the guy you want to try and develop Justin Fields, right? Because Mm. one of the biggest issues with Matt Nagy, besides a lot of things, one of the biggest issues was like, was he going to be the guy that was going to be able to steward and like usher in Justin Fields, help him develop into being that franchise QB. And I think that once you saw what happened with Mitch Trubisky, the answer was no. And I think it's actually a very smart move. And not only did you fire those guys, but you're bringing in a guy who has a level of success. He actually had a stint with the Packers earlier, but yeah, I think he is the guy for the job. Is there a, you know, a a train of thought though, because the, the quarterbacks coach, the offensive coordinator, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. Like one of them. And it's much, listen, I make as many jokes about Aaron Rodgers as, as anybody, Yeah, but he's a, he's obviously one of the best who've ever done it. Like, are we over in like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You worked with Aaron, like you worked with the best court, like if not uh, the top three quarterbacks in the game today, like how good, what is your job really? 
Like, what, do you, what, yeah. what did you do? Did you just sit there, look at TikTok all day, and you're like, yeah, Aaron, go throw that pass. You're doing great, buddy. You're doing great. Tighten up that spiral a little bit. No, you don't have to. You don't, you're good. Well, I mean, it's funny because that's what the bashing of Matt LaFleur was, right, for three yeah. seasons. Because you could have made an argument that he could have been coach of the year the first year that he walked into the, the, the Green Bay Packers front office, right? Because he took a team that had a losing record under Mike McCarthy, and he brought them to the NFC Championship game. Then he yeah. did it again. And then, you know, we obviously won 13 games again uh, this past year. And the argument always is, well, you have Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. And you look at Matt LaFleur and how he has been with other QBs throughout his career. You know, that was one of the things that stood out to me when we made that hire of like, mm, like he works with QBs very well. You know, that'll be a good thing. Same thing about Nathaniel Hackett, right? You look at that offense, it's led by Aaron Rodgers. And now the same thing is with Luke Getze. And I feel it's very difficult to try and separate all of them, but we're going to find out like, okay, was it all of these guys together with Aaron Rodgers, which made the offense so good? Or was it just Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur? Was it just Rodgers? Like, this is really where we're going to find out because Nathaniel Hackett's gone, Getsy's gone now, and like, we'll see who's remaining because it's almost impossible to try and like make a distinct separation between all of those guys and the success that they had. And going back to your point, I think that people overlooked that the 2018 Packers were kind of garbagey, and they were good. Significant, they were good because Aaron Rodgers was so good. Sure. And I thought that Mike McCarthy kind of did not do well with him. And we see now what's happening in Dallas with Mike McCarthy. Do you kind of take some so small satisfaction when the Cowboys go out in the first round and be like, you know, or do you, or do you, are you kind of rooting for him? Oh, God. So here's the thing. Uh, regardless of who is coaching the Dallas Cowboys, I will always root for them to get knocked out in the first round because it's the Dallas Cowboys. That's fair, I, mean, that's fair, that's I just fair. like that. That has nothing to do with Mike McCarthy. But I will say, you know, some of the decisions that were made, it may cause you to have like a different perspective on McCarthy's time. Like, listen, won him a Super Bowl, like helped win a Super Bowl that 2010 season. I think you might remember that one. Um, we're able to go, you know, win on the road, NFC Championship game. Jay Cutler was like, I got a boo-boo. Like, all these things happened. I think you know. but the Legitimately was, hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was fine. It's okay. We didn't win one since then. So, I mean, we had so much heartbreak after that. So, yeah. it evens out. But the thing is, is that as time went on, like, I still think Mike McCarthy was a good coach. I think, like Dom Capers, the NFL kind of figured him out. He didn't get any different, and like it kind of passed by him. There was no adjustments that were made. And you point to the 2018 season. I look at the 2016 season. When the Packers made it to the NFC Championship game again and got blown out by the Falcons, that was the run-the-table season. That yeah. literally was Aaron Rodgers. Like, we had no running back. Like, we had, like, nothing. And Aaron Rodgers like, it's okay. I'm going to go win us, like, eight straight games. So I think that looking at Mike McCarthy now, the, the thing that popped out after, you know, the – the QB uh, draw <laughs> with no timeouts left. The thing that came out around Twitter was that McCarthy was asked in a press conference like way, way earlier uh, about his interview process with Jerry Jones. And McCarthy apparently told him that he looked and watched every single snap of the 2019 season. And then yeah. when he was pressed on that, McCarthy's like, well, I didn't really do that. I just wanted to get the job. And I think that's absolutely hysterical. Like, yeah. I think it's like, it's just lying on your resume and it's like, nah, listen, I just wanted to get the job. So for yeah. me, it's just amusing uh, on multiple levels. And the more money that Mike McCarthy takes from the Dallas Cowboys, I'm even happier. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, I know Quark Express. I yeah. know and then here you go. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but do I get that two weeks pay? <laughs> yeah. I get a lot of that. I, um, I look at the, the Packers though, and I'm, I'm thrilled. I think that Getsy is a good hire. And again, yeah. I'm, I'm optimistic about it. I liked that Aaron Rod, Aaron Rodgers said what he said. And, and again, like he didn't have to say that Aaron Jones was very effusive in praise as well. And you're like, okay, yeah. these guys don't have to say that. Sure. So that makes me feel a little bit better. Let's talk about the Packers just for a moment. What do you think that this team has to do moving forward? Because there's something about them that I got a little theory on that I want to okay. talk about. But what do you think looking forward? What do they need to do? You know, the thing is, is that we called this past season the last dance. And that's why, like, this particular NFC Championship game, like, hurt maybe more so than some of the others. Last year was bad, too. But yeah, it's a matter of there was so much uncertainty 
about major guys. I mean, two years ago, I put out a video saying the Packers have a wide receiver problem, and I wasn't referring to this like this that past season. I was referring to the end of this season. They don't yeah. have a single wide receiver that is contracted to be on the team, except wait for it, Randall Cobb, who's probably going to get cut. And on top of that, Amari Rodgers, who they just drafted. Oh. Alan Lazard is a restricted free agent. Everyone else can walk. So, like, we don't have anybody. On top of that, you look at guys like Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos could potentially be on there, Mason Crosby, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Like, there's, like, some big names that might not be on this team anymore. And the Packers fan base, they went through it this year, right? Some of them are very divided on Aaron Rodgers because of the comments that he made. And they're like, listen, we want him off the team. Time to rebuild. Time to move on. And then the other half is like, we could still win a Super Bowl. Let's go for the last, last dance. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's going to be very difficult to feel that, like you put Aaron Rodgers at QB, you have a shot, right? You have a shot. Mm-hmm. But to say that we're going to have the same type of competitive team together, I think would be very ignorant because I just don't think it's possible. Matt LaFleur coming out and saying there's eight, like ways to move money around and all that great stuff. But there's only so much money. We're like over $40 million over the cap right now. Like there's going to be cuts, Adam. Like there's already people who are going to go away. And I think the Packers are just going to need to decide, okay, what is our identity? And then we're going to stick to it. Because that defense, that was a Super Bowl playing defense that we saw against the 49ers. Like they were amazing. So if they can field the majority of that, then yeah, we could be competitive. And then it's going to be pray to God that Jordan Love is actually good. Jordan Love's good. You can franchise tag Devontae Adams and everything like that. Do you think, and I know that the cap numbers are always hilarious to me because I always consider the cap numbers kind of like how I consider my children in a way in that it's a convenient excuse to get out of something that you don't want to do. Like if you don't want to pay people money, like, you know what? I can't do it. Salary cap. Similarly, like if I get invited to something I don't want to go to, like I got my kids. Like I can't do it. I got to take my girl to soccer or whatever. If somebody ever comes up and they're like, Hey, uh, you know, we got tickets to uh, the Super Bowl." Like, Oh, suddenly I'll find a babysitter, but for other things, you don't. So I feel like if you need to get a guy, you can get a guy. Is there any chance ever that it, let's say the Rams win the Super Bowl, Okay, that the Packers would look at that situation. And then listen, last year, Tampa Bay did it this yeah. year, the LA Rams could do it where it's like, and this is weird. This is strange that uh, maybe you trade a first-round pick or picks to get guys that could help you wait for it right now. Okay, well, first of all, you kind of come out here with that radical talk. I don't know, that's, that's crazy talk here in Green Bay. But in all, in all honesty, yeah, that's a really interesting point because I think there's a difference, though, because the Buccaneers already had a very good defense. Like, they had a very right. good, solid football team. They already had Chris Godwin, obviously. They had Mike Evans, who was incredible. They bring in guys like Lenny Fournette, Tom Brady, Gronkowski, Antonio Brown. They bring in, they put them over the top, right? So yeah. they already had, at that point, before Brady even walked in the door, they had a number one run defense in the entire league. So they were already competitive. If Jameis Winston, I don't know, cut his interceptions in half, they could have been a, a playoff team. So there's that. The Rams, in addition to, they get highlighted for all of, you know, the big moves that they made trading for Stafford. They don't have a first round pick until like, I don't know, when the sun burns out. They, they don't have it for a while, but they got Stafford. Obviously, they got Jalen Ramsey. They got OBJ. They got Von Miller. But I think they were also sixth in the league in terms of the amount of guys that they've drafted and developed and stayed on the team this year. So they're yeah. in the top 10 of that. So I think it's, it's but the a Packers, mid- but the Packers do that. I mean, the Packers yeah. have drafted really well. Like you have a solid well, roster. Well, it depends on what round we're talking about. We're talking about the third round. No, we have, because I mean, we, we, the third round hasn't been good, but to your point in 2018, when we hire Matt LaFleur, we Packers fans went nuts because obviously Ted Thompson was very, very restrictive on where he went in free agency and bringing the guys in that he did. But in 2018, we get to Darius Smith. We get Billy Turner, Preston Smith, and Adrian Amos, right? We sign these big name guys. We give them lucrative contracts at the time. And that was our example of going all in first year under the floor, go to the NFC championship game. And then boom, in 2020, it's like, now we're ready. We're like the number one offense in the league in terms of scoring. The defense is better. And honestly, in my opinion, Dave Bakhtiari being injured cost us two Super Bowl runs because it just didn't work out. The defensive line, you know, was able to run through our offensive line when we were playing against Tampa and then we were playing against the 49ers. So the issue is, is that like fans want that Madden, like, hey, sign that really big name. But at the same time, like we tried to get OBJ. It didn't work out. At the same time, too, we got Rasul Douglas 
who was incredible this year. And we got Devontae Campbell, who was one of the best inside linebackers in all of the NFL this year. And we paid them both next to nothing. So the yeah. Packers, I think, did a really good job of that, of guys that can help them right now. Yes, we obviously didn't expect them to be that good, Campbell and Douglas. But I think it's a matter of, you know, you, you can't be lucky all the time in which, like, how many injuries did the Packers have this year? You know, there was there was a lot of problems, whether it was uh, the offensive line and David Bakhtiari going down or Elton Jenkins going down, Jair, Z. Like, there's so many guys that were out, and these are, like, all pros. So I think it's a matter of the window for the Packers, unfortunately, is is decently shut for like a hot second. Um, yeah. And it's just going to depend on who we have behind center and who we have left on the team to see if we're going to be able to open it again. What is your conjecture? Does Aaron Rodgers start at quarterback for the Packers next season? <sighs> if I was a gambling man, I would mm. say no. Yeah. The reason being is be the reason I think he might come back to play in the NFL is because he lost in the divisional round. Yes. A lot of it is good. I think we will have we'll have an answer within a month because if we don't retain Devontae Adams, I think Aaron Rodgers is gone. Um, if we retain Devontae Adams, then there's a good possibility that he stays. Um, but if we get rid of Devontae, then we're going to be trading him for picks, I think. Feels that way. I would yeah. probably say something similar, too. I would also I would also know, too, this was something I, I noticed, too, with the Packers, is that there really isn't somebody holding – people accountable. And I will say this, like when I watched the Packers in the past mm. and I hated every, like obviously Aaron Rodgers. Sure. So like I hated, I hated Greg Jennings. I hated yeah. Jordy. I hated James Jones. I wanted to take his hoodie and and it's weird to say, cause like I'm friends with James, like legitimately yeah. friends with James Jones now. And I was talking to him about, it, I'm like, they're just, there's something about this team where you're just like, I don't know. Cause it did, it didn't feel like, on the sideline against the 49ers that anybody was holding anybody accountable. They looked morose out there. I don't know. It just feels like, I don't know what it, what the change would need to be, but it just feels like something's off there. I think that it's a combination of a lot of things because it's funny. Cause you're not even the only person who said that. Like I had a buddy who is a Patriots fan. So because of that, he's also a Buccaneers fan. And he was saying, <laughs> you know, like Brady looked dejected and he was upset during like the, the Rams game and really wasn't showing a lot of energy. And then he got really pumped up. And I never saw that from Aaron Rodgers. And I think like the, the, the body language police like come out specifically yeah. for Aaron Rodgers and are just like, look, he's got no enthusiasm. If yeah. we're going to be very honest, we could do a deep dive, but like if we're being very honest, I think that there are, there are fundamental flaws with the green Bay Packers that have been covered by a lot of the talent that we've had. We saw with Aaron Rodgers and a lack of a defense for how many years. Um, and, and the fact that like we have an offensive line that, you know, struggles at times with injuries or what have you, Aaron Rodgers made up for that. I think that not having a couple of key pieces and the fundamental thinking about certain positions has cost the Packers because when you go up against really deep rosters, that's going to be a problem, right? If you take away the run game like the 49ers did, you rely on Aaron Rodgers and nine times out of 10, he's going to do great. But if you are locking down Devontae Adams, uh-oh, like you got potential problems yeah. there. Yeah. You know, one of his worst games, even though we won, one of his worst games this season was against Arizona on the road. And we won without our top three wide receivers. Like we we rocked and rolled. But like Rodgers had a terrible game. But that's because we ran the ball down their throat. Yeah. So I, I think it's a matter of there's a very lack of balance there. On top of that, you do have a Hall of Fame QB at times does play hero ball and, you know, and just chucks it down there. We all saw the play like where Alan Lazard was open. Yeah. I think it's just there's some issues that, it's tough to when you get knocked out of your game plan, it's tough to get back into it um, and get a rhythm going. And they just never got a rhythm after the fumble on the second drive. That is very true. Well, we want to thank you uh, for stopping by here to talk a little bit about the Packers season. Talk about Luke Getze. We're all very excited to have him. Very excited to have you on as well. You can follow Tom on Twitter at Tom Grassi Comedy and the YouTube. What? How, how do we get to the YouTube page? Is it, I'm Tom telling Grassi. You, That's Tom it. Grassi. You just type it, my face will come up, and you'll be like, oh. That okay. guy. That Listen, guy. I'm, I'm part of the Grassy Posse, so and I and I hate the Packers, but I love you. So I appreciate, I appreciate you. Buddy. I appreciate you being on. Let's do this again real. So I owe you I'm an sorry. appearance. Um, so then when I do that, then we'll have you back on at some point. But Perfect. this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us. There he goes, Tom Grassy. Go check him out on all social media platforms. Listen, not all Packer fans are terrible. And I do want to thank everybody. Uh, for every Bears fan, like, why is this? Why are we talking so much Packers? Listen, we just hired their offensive coordinator. 
It was pertinent to bring him in. And we had to make we had to make Tom talk about the Packers too. Like, listen, didn't you just enjoy that a little bit? Hearing the pain in their voice, knowing that we have so much good stuff going on. So what I'm gonna do right now is I'm gonna I'm gonna do an, an about face. And I promise you, uh, when we do take it to the rank and we do these podcasts, I'm not always gonna be existing in an echo chamber, but the next young man who is gonna be joining us here is somebody who I feel like I share a lot of similar sentiments. And I saw him on Twitter this week, and I'm like, I agree with everything that he's saying. Come on to my show so we can just congratulate each other and pat each other on the back. But he does a really nice job. Uh, he's the co-host of the Bear Down Report. He is a contributor to the Windy City FS as part of the Fan Sided Network. He does such a tremendous job. Make sure you're also following him on Twitter. Uh, please welcome to the show, Patrick Sheldon. Who is uh, joining us here? What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Adam? Oh my goodness gracious! Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here on short notice. How you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Thank you so much for having me. This is a great opportunity. I feel like I'm in the presence of Chicago super fan royalty. So uh, I'm honored to be here and uh, thrilled to chop it up with you a bit. Yeah, I'm excited about the direction of the Chicago Bears. I know one of the things that you and I kind of agree on. I think we agree on a lot, but the Jim Harbaugh situation. How have you been enjoying it? Because I feel like we're both simpatico in like, we like Harbaugh, but the way that it's unfolded, I think works out very well in our favor. Yeah. Uh, first of all, this morning, I think I've been enjoying um, the, the Vikings fans tears. They got a little bit chesty this week and uh, it was good to see them come down a little bit uh, from reality. And uh, if, if you're, if you're religious, light a candle for the Vikings fans <laughs> today, you know, they lost their, their QB coach. We just uh, signed their QB coach away from them. And the news of not getting Harbaugh is probably hitting them hard. But, you know, I tweeted about this. I think the Bears are building things the right way. And I've been pretty critical of them for a while. But I think you have to give credit where credit's due. And I think they're trying to build this thing towards long-term sustained success. And while I think they may have gotten some, some short-term juice out of the Jim Harbaugh squeeze, so to speak, I don't know if, if he would have been here for the 10-year contract that he was looking for. So I can't really fault George McCaskey and the Bears if they're thinking, hey, I'm a little bit uneasy about giving this guy 10 years, a hundred million and complete control over personnel uh, as opposed to trying to build things the right way with a good structure, um, you know, a good GM and, and a head coach who are aligned and pulling on the same side of the rope. So um, yeah, I think, you know, Jim would have been, it would have been a great story for him to come back to Chicago to see what he could do, but he has a tendency uh, to wear out his welcome a bit in, in previous stops. So um, I'm very happy with the way things have worked out and I'm very encouraged and optimistic about the direction of the franchise. And it feels like the McCaskey family gets derided in my estimation, a little bit too much. I thought that they hit all the right notes this off season. How do you feel in general? I I'm, I'm a fan. I, I think the McCaskey family, I, I like them. How do you feel about them? Yeah. Again, I've been super critical, but when we looked at the offseason wish list for Bears fans, I think they've checked off all the things we wanted. We wanted a, a restructuring of the organization, and, and we've got that to some extent, bringing in an assistant GM role, and there may be some additional changes down the road. We'll see. We wanted a coach that was going to maximize Justin Fields' talents, and and uh, Iberflus has said that's what he's going to do. He's brought in an offensive coordinator who will focus specifically on play calling, something we we felt was uh, you know we, Matt Nagy had too much on his plate. Um, we wanted a, a reprioritization of the offensive line, which Ryan Pohl seems like he's going to do. So all the things that we've asked for, they're either getting them or moving in the direction towards getting them. So uh, while I have been critical of the McCaskies, I, I have to give them credit now and say that they're starting to put things in place to get to the place where I think you know they need to be. And it probably should have been, frankly, years ago, but uh, sometimes it takes a little bit longer than others to get there. <laughs> Well, you know, they're a historic franchise and they're the, the family has always owned the Chicago Bears. We'll always own the Chicago Bears. I think that people need to stop with it, like sell the team. Like there's plenty of families who own teams who have always owned teams who are very successful. Um, the 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 Chiefs, where Ryan Poles comes from, the Steelers, uh, I would even say the Giants as well. Like we they go through tough patches, but I think it's been pretty well. I think that Ryan Pace would have liked to have done a lot of the things that Ryan Poles is being able to do. I almost feel like Ryan Pace died 
so Ryan Poles could live and flourish. <laughs> because I think, like like you said, there's a lot of positive things coming out from that from the organizational standpoint. Yeah, and you wonder if, and I'm not the biggest Ryan Pace supporter, but you have to wonder if he was given the support system that Ryan Poles is getting now, would he have been uh, a little bit more successful? Possible, right? I mean, he was very green when he came in, much like Ryan yeah. Poles is now. Uh, I think he needed a little bit more seasoning before he took that role. I would agree with you 100%. I would take the hot take and say that if he had full control over the organization, which he wanted to, if he didn't have to answer to Ted or anything like that, brought in an assistant GM, analytics department and everything, he would have been wildly successful, would probably still be the general manager. We probably wouldn't have, we probably wouldn't have drafted Mitch Trubisky either. Somebody would have, somebody with the presence of mind would have been like, dude, we're not drafting this guy. We're, <laughs> we're number one, we're not trading up for him, first of all, and we're not drafting him because somebody would have been like, let's do something else or at least not sign Mike Glennon. I don't know. He needed, like he needed a sounding, like, the, the thing with Pace and Nagy is like both of them, like Pace needed an organization. Like he needed a well-run, like he needed assistance. He needed an assistant GM. Matt Nagy needed to delegate. Both those guys would have been probably still with the team if Nagy would have delegated and if Ryan Pace. But again, let's look towards the future. How do you feel about Eberflus? Um, obviously not a familiar name with a lot of people before he got into the head coaching cycle. What was your initial reaction when he was part of the mix early on? And uh, how are you feeling about him now? I really like the pick. Uh, you know, I hope he survives button gate. I'm not sure. We'll see uh, if he makes it through, you know, really for me, I was kind of upset to see he didn't wear an orange tie at the press conference. I'm not Son sure. of a, you know, <laughs> Florio should have gone in on that more than anything. By the way, right? check out my TikTok. I'm on TikTok at Adam rank. I use some naughty words. Uh, I, I tried some. I'm not a great on TikTok, but I did kind of try to make fun of Florio for that. But uh, in any event, yeah, I'm surprised he was able to overcome all that. But but still, like, that's a good hire. I, I don't yeah. know. I want somebody to agree with me. I like the hire. I do, too. Uh, we actually, over the, the Bear Down Report podcast, we had a coach's draft. And we did 16 rounds, and we each got to pick the, the four head coaching candidates who we thought were most likely to get the job or who we wanted. And Eberflus was actually one of my guys. I've, I've liked him for a while. I like the fact that he came into a terrible situation, kind of being left out uh, to dry by, by Josh yeah. McDaniels. And people saw enough in him, specifically Chris Ballard and Frank Reich to say, even though you're not my guy, you weren't my, my choice. There's enough here. I think you're going to be successful. I want you to stay on board. And he persevered through all that and was wildly successful uh, turning that defense around from, I think they were ranked 30th the year before he got there. And, uh, you know, they're consistently a top 10 to 15 unit um, since he's been there. So somebody who can who can undergo some difficult situ uh, circumstances like that and come out on top, I think uh, speaks very highly of him. Uh, he also has gotten the praise of the folks in Indianapolis, too. Uh, so, you know, I'm glad that he's come into it. We talked about Nagy and Pace, maybe not realizing their limitations, but he's coming into this, even though he's been a very successful defensive coordinator, he says, look, I'm going to turn that over to my defensive coordinator and let him call the plays. I'm going to turn the offense over to the offensive coordinator and let him call the plays. And I'm just going to focus on managing this team, which again, maybe if Matt Nagy had the foresight to do that earlier, he may still be here. Uh, but I, I think he knows his limitations. I think he knows where he needs to, to, uh, get better as a head coach and the things that are going to be challenges for him as he takes over as a first time head coach. So I'm optimistic. I, I think it was a good choice. It sounds smart. Like his, everything that he was laying out there sounds smart. And yet meatball media will never, will never embrace it. I, I think that like, but in some respects, and I know that you make your money and listen, I don't want to knock the bears fans, but sometimes we need to chill out. Like, I understand it's not a household name. I'm, I know we're taking you someplace new with a coach you don't know. But I think sometimes when the public reaction isn't good, it ends up being better. Yeah. I mean, look at the reactions after the Nagy press conference. I think people were, by and large, very optimistic and hopeful and excited. And, you know, this the press conferences, to me, don't matter. I think the media tries to make them matter. But when you get down to the brass tacks of it, nothing that comes out of that is going to impact what those coaches do on the field. As long as they get buy-in from the players in the locker room and, and really as long as they get Justin Fields and the other leaders in that locker room to buy in, everybody else is going to fall in line. I was so discouraged to wake up the next day and I was just fiending for some, some good content. 
hey, get some get some of the beat reporters from Indianapolis in. Let's talk about X's and O's. Let's talk about some of the maybe the the uh, off book things that um, Eberflus does that might be intriguing. And instead, we got like two days worth of his use of acronyms, uh, and, and it was just absurd. It's like, all right, football coaches are going to be football coaches, and, and you know, I yeah. think he had one acronym just to to boil down his uh, head coaching philosophy into one acronym. But people act like, you know, he's going to be uh, some kind of hokey head coach his entire tenure here. I don't see it. I, I think, um, you know, I, I agree with you. I think uh, people sometimes they, they don't want the new. Uh, he is inexperienced. He, he is a, a brand new coach. And maybe we're a little bit gun shy after uh, Nagy being a first time coach. But these are different people, very different people. Every coach. Hired by the Bears outside of John Fox, and of course, when George Hallis would reinsert himself as head coach, they've all been first time head coaches. Yeah. That has been one of the coolest things about the Bears. And really, I was so pissed when they hired John Fox because I'm like, this is the guy we're breaking tradition with. This is the retread that we're going yeah. with. A guy who's on his third gig, a guy who would who would have been the Raiders coach way back in the day. I think it was when they were going to hire Shanahan or he would have replaced Shanahan or whatever it was, but there was like some naughty business going on that I probably can't share. It's not my story to tell, but he was in line to be the Raiders coach. Things did not happen that Al did not agree with. Al Davis, by the way, is way more of a moral compass than a lot of people give him credit for. And uh, it it might or might not have cost John Fox's job, but in in any event, we don't traditionally hire retread coaches. I'm glad that we decided to go with the first pick. Listen, you're going to try something new. Again, I go back. I always use my kids as examples, but it's like, sometimes like we're not going to McDonald's. We're going to try something. My dad would do that. We'd be on road trips. Like, can we just go to Taco Bell? He's like, nope, we're going to try someplace new. And I've actually carried that tradition on now uh, to the annoyance of my children. So I'm happy that uh, the bears did the same thing. I think I had another point. I don't know what it is, but what is that? Yeah. I, oh, I did want to say this. If you go back to episode four of the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank, which uh, you're on right now, uh, JJ Stankovich was on here talking about Matt Eberflus. We brought in a Colts guy to talk about this coach. I don't, I don't want, I don't want Meatball Media coming in giving their take of a guy they had never heard of until three weeks prior. Moving forward, though, what do you think is going to be the biggest issue for the Bears moving forward this offseason? Is it the offensive line? Is it the wide receiver position? Is it the secondary? Obviously, those are the three big keys. What would be your top priority? Well, that's a great question because I, I think the three you just highlighted are the big ones, right? I mean, the secondary yeah. as much I'm, I'm, as- Listen, I'm, I'm making you, because I knew <laughs> what you would do, because that's what everybody does. Like, well, you got to go offensive line. You gotta, no, I want you, Patrick. Yeah. You're, I want your choice. Those are the three big issues. Pick the one that you think is the biggest priority. How would you address it? Yeah, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the offensive line. I think the secondary is huge. I don't want to discount that as much as Eberflus plays nickel. I think the second most in the league uh, last year, over seventy percent, the the Colts lined up in nickel. Um, he's gonna need some horses in the defensive backfield. But the offense is where this team has historically struggled. So we got to get that on track. It, the development of Justin Fields is is paramount right now. And if they're bringing in an offensive line coach who sounds like he's from the Shanahan tree, sounds like they may be working some more outside zone runs. If that's the case, uh, that type of scheme has a very specific athletic profile of their offensive lineman that I don't think uh, this unit has outside of maybe a couple of folks. Right. So um, I think that unit's going to undergo significant transition and turnover. It's not going to happen all this year. I think, you know, over the next two years, you're, you're probably going to see that thing turnover close to hundred percent with, with the exception of maybe Borm Jenkins. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with Daniels. If they're going to bring him back. I saw today, he may be looking to get a $10 million a, a year deal. I don't know if that's something that uh, yeah. based on Foles' comments and the type of edgy offensive lineman he's looking for that, that he's going to be willing to spend that much to bring back Daniels. So we may see some significant turnover on that line, but it's critical. They get that set because if you can give Justin Fields time, the analytics last year show that he can be very successful when given the opportunities. I want to go back to uh, something you said, just so in case anybody missed it. But Tevin and Larry are fine. They're athletic yeah. enough. They're good enough, right? Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. 
and they're and they're nasty enough, right? I think I I don't want to undersell that point too because I think polls sent a very clear message in that athletic article that they're not looking for pushovers. And I I you know hate to call out Jermaine Effetti, but I don't think that sat well uh, with polls oh. based on the comments he made in that article. He he thinks that if you're a quarterbacks on the ground, you better go pick them up offensive line, and if somebody takes a cheap shot at him, you better stick up for your guy. So I think he's looking for guys maybe a little bit uh, more of an edge. Oh, 100%. That is yeah. the equivalent of your boss sending out an email to your work group where it's very specifically targeted to one person, but they don't want to call that person out by name. <laughs> but there is no doubt that everybody, they're slacking each other, being like, oh, my God, Jermaine's screwed. He's out of there. <laughs> I, I will tell you, watching that Monday night game, and, of course, I do the Total Access uh, post-game show, post-game show, on Monday nights. Thank you very much. I remember watching that in the moment and you know, you got producers who are hanging out. I'm like, I, and they're like, Oh, Jenkins is an idiot. I'm like, listen, the bears make a lot of dumb penalties and I hate when they do retaliatory stuff and they get sucked into it. Williams, Tony Miller, guys like that. There is, there is no way that I would ever fault Tevin Jenkins for running over and defending his quarterback. If we have to take a 15 yard penalty, in a season that doesn't matter, in a game that ultimately doesn't matter. But you just sent a message. People know. People watch. Everybody's watching Monday Night Football, whether the game the game's terrible, but it doesn't matter. Devin Jenkins sent a tone for the rest of his career. Yep. But you are not to touch Justin Fields that way as long as he is on the field and, and on that offensive line. And I thought it was actually very positive. Yeah, I liked it. Bears committed a lot of dumb penalties last year. At least that one served a purpose, right? Absolutely. Like, again, sometimes you got to send a message. You send a message. So you like that. You like the draft. You like everything. So ultimately, how would you say you're feeling heading into the 2022 season? It feels weird to say because I haven't been for a while, but I'm cautiously optimistic. I really am. Um, I just, I think people are really down on Justin Fields, and I don't know why. I, I, I don't know that people who are down on Justin Fields really appreciate the terrible situation he was in last year from the yeah. coaching to the development of his wide receivers, to the play of his wide receivers. They had the least amount of separation in the entire league last year. Um, and, and his offensive line didn't really hold up very well. Uh, running the ball, the offensive line was great in the passing game. Not so much. I think if they can get a few things together uh, and give him some time, even if they don't have the, the incredible weapons that a Kansas city, uh, Chiefs team has or Buffalo Bills team has, I still think he can be very effective. And then they can build around him, bring in, you know, some more weapons on the outside. Um, I'm optimistic about next year. I mean, maybe not in terms of number of wins and playoff appearances, right? But in just in terms of development and seeing a vision, which I think Matt Eberflus has and Ryan Poles has, which is so refreshing because they've been devoid of vision for, um, you know, the entire Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace tenure, right. but to see them uh, execute on their vision and to see improvement, even if it's incremental, I think is going to be really, really refreshing for Bears fans to see. Yeah. That is one of the things too. I, I even forget that people try to pretend that Justin Fields is not a good quarterback and they want to label him a bus. I'm like this, we didn't even get an opportunity to see him really fully developed you know he wasn't given a he wasn't afforded chances in training camp or anything like that and I thought it was very telling that number one he was at the press conference number two he spoke about it and he also said you know what now that I know that I'm the number one quarterback I uh I, I feel I can take a bigger leadership role and I think everything that we've seen out of Justin Fields and I know it's the little things and I know this ultimately doesn't matter on the field but I love the fact that he wears hats like this uh, number two, he shows up at Bulls games. He shows up at the uh, WNBA games. He is White Sox game, like all that stuff. I think all of that matters, and I think that it, it's a good feeling to have a quarterback like that. Yeah, he's been successful no matter what he's done. At every level, he's he's proved doubters wrong. He's He's been under the spotlight, and he's come out the other end. So I think it'd be foolish to bet against Justin Fields at this point. All right. Well, Patrick, we want to thank you for coming on. I did not get the Twitter handle correct. I hope I got everything else correct on the introduction. How do we follow you on Twitter? Sure, yeah. So you can follow me. I'm at P underscore Shells. Uh, and you can also check out my work at uh, DeWindy City, which uh, is part of the Fan Sided Network. And then we do the podcast, uh, the Bear Down Report podcast, with some great guys. So please check us out. We'd love to have you on sometime, Adam.
Yeah, listen, I understand that every time I'm bringing one of you on, this is a home and home. So I will come back. I will return the favor. I'm not Duke. I don't just make you show up to my building and then be like, we're never coming. We're never coming to Tuscaloosa or whatever it is. Tuscaloosa. They'd go to Alabama. They're not going to Fullerton. How about that? But in any ways, uh, Patrick, thank you so much. And uh, thank you for doing it on short notice. I didn't want to, I didn't want to have too much grassy. You know what I'm saying? Like he's fun. I love Tom. I don't know if you know him. I know you probably saw a little bit waiting in the, in yeah. the green room here, so to speak. Go check him out because he's a, he's a good person. I don't vouch for every Bears or every Packers fan, but him, Nagler, they're good people. But uh, thank you, Patrick, for coming on. No, and, uh, thank we'll you, see Adam. You. Really, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on. It was a blast. Well, thank you. Really appreciate it. There he goes, Patrick Sheldon of the Windy City Podcast. The fan side. Wait, hold on. Let me get it again. Let me make sure I get it again. It's the uh, Bear Down Report. And, of course, he's a contributor to Dob Windy City FS for Fan Sided Network. And real quick, though, let's bring in Cash. Cash is still waiting around. Is, did Cash leave? He's no, still no, waiting. No, no. Okay, good. Listen, I uh, I know we went a little bit long, and I know you had to suffer through that. You were our Matt Damon waiting in the green room like, geez, Louise, why are, you, why are you taking so long? Let's talk a little bit about the upcoming Super Bowl. Let's start talking about how we see this game developing. I want to ask you, I know we're over a week away, 10 days away, as a matter of fact, yep. Um, yep. when we're recording this. How do you feel? Where, where are we leaning on this game? Um, it's it's tough. If I had to pick straight up, definitely the Rams, because they're uh, five-and-a-half-point favorites. But uh, you can pick straight up. And like you did, well, hey, you did it last week with the Bengals, seven-point. I always pick straight up. I always, I don't know what this spread. I don't know what point spreads mean. I just yeah. pick, as, as I do on total access, I just pick winners. So good for you, man, taking the Bengals, the seven-point underdogs last week. That was that was fantastic. Um, straight up, look, I like I like the Rams straight up. Is Am I going to have a Rams ticket in my pocket come Sunday next week? I don't know. I, I, I'm really not sure. The spread's at four and a half. It's a tight spot. And uh, Tony pointed out something on the last show, something that I've definitely been thinking about. You're giving me the better quarterback of the two. Real quick, would you agree with me that Joe Burrow is the better quarterback? 100%. There's okay. no doubt in my mind. Yeah, so that, that's that's pretty much where I'm at too, right? So if you can give me the better quarterback and four and a half points or even uh, a big paying out ticket with Joe Burrow, and, and this kid is like, uh, what, what this guy's done is remarkable, beating the Kansas City Chiefs down 18 points. Like, that game was ugly, and he brought it he brought it back. Um, early lean, I'd say, to the Bengals, but... Uh, uh, it, it's tough. It's a tough one, Adam. This one, this one is going to come down to the wire for me. Maybe next next week I'm going to have a definitive answer for you guys. But uh, as far as it goes, early lean Bengals. But I could end up on any side next week. Oh, you're very optimistic. I'm going to bring you on next week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you know what? I will tell everybody uh, who's listening right now. Total access or not total access, but NFL Network all next week. I will be on location in Los Angeles, Venice Beach, the uh, behind the scenes at the Warner Brothers Studios. Universal City Walk. I will be all over the NFL Network next week, so make sure you're watching. We will still have a show. We'll still have a Tuesday night uh, Q&A. We're going to have Alex Brown, uh, former Chicago Bear, and uh, we'll be doing the show again, and Cash will be on. He'll give his definitive pick. I do want to hit you uh, with a couple of things. Joe Burrow is 2-4 and four in games where he's sacked five times or more. He is 7-0. and oh. When he has sacked fewer than three times in a game this season, including the playoffs, that's the best such record in the NFL this year. The Rams have 13 games this year with at least three sacks. In those games, they are 10-3. and three. That's the best in the NFL. To me, it just seems as simple as you don't sack Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is going to find a way to beat you. And so I, I, I kind of think that gives them a little bit of an advantage. Yeah. I agree with you, but here's the thing. Like, after that Titans game, after that abomination we saw, nine sacks, and they still win. The nine sacks, was it was shaded a little bit because Tannehill threw three interceptions, and three interceptions yeah. definitely outweighs nine sacks. But uh, if there's a team that can get to the quarterback, it's these L.A. Rams. Uh, here's the thing. When the Bengals won, I, I, I thought right away, I was like, look, they're going to be in trouble just because that O-line is – that O-line's it's, – it's it was the worst entering the playoffs. Right. Uh, and every round, it, it, it just seemed like more of a disparity, right? And they would have been going up against that San Francisco 49ers defensive line or this Ram uh, – uh, San Francisco 49ers awesome. defensive line. Or also would have been a problem. Exactly. Yeah. And these both of these defensive lines are, are game wreckers. And the Rams, make no mistake about it, this Rams D-line is, is absurd. They get pressure. They get to this quarterback – it can be a huge problem if they're getting pressure like that. This Rams secondary is very good as well. Like 
this is what's so scary about the Rams, and this is why the Bengals are getting five points on the spread, four and a half to five points on the spread after beating the Chiefs. Here's why. It's because the metrics, if you look at the Rams, the metrics are absurd. These guys are like the number one power-rated team in the NFL, maybe after Kansas City, it's debatable, but they have like one of the best defenses, one of the best mm-hmm. pass rushes. They've got one of the best players in the secondary and Jalen Ramsey. This guy's elite. Uh, and their offense is moving the ball. They probably have the best wide receiver, Cooper Cup. This guy is electric. He does everything. This guy single-handedly carried the Rams to beat the 49ers last week. I it's it's a bit of a matchup nightmare, I think, for the Bengals. But here's here's the thing: the the Bengals just seem to find a way to be able to do it every week. <laughs> their field goal kicker is automatic. You, this guy's gonna kick from 55. I, I'm I'm not even kidding. I really think this guy could hit from 60 consistently. Easy. This this kid is elite, and Joe Burrow's elite. Um, they have obviously their their elite wide receiver, Jamar Chase. He's going to be matched up with Jalen Ramsey, I'd imagine. you got to open up the other guys. I think it was Tyler Higgins had a massive game last week against the Chiefs. I The, the Rams are a much better team on paper and go by the metrics, but this Bengals team is just so absurd because it seems like all these metrics and these stats and these point spreads, they're all thrown out the window. And it, it doesn't matter the score of the game. It doesn't matter what's going on, how many times he's been sacked. It doesn't matter if he's thrown a pick. It just seems like he's going to win the game. And that's what it felt like last week against the Chiefs. When they came back, I, I was like, even when the Chiefs won the coin toss, I was like, Joe Burrow's going to get this ball back and they're going to win. And that's what happened. Yeah, I think the Chiefs fans got a little too into themselves when they cheered the coin flip, like they had just won the game, which I was like, they probably just lost because of that. But I, you know what though? I agree with everything you said. Like we can go over every metric. We can go through next gen stats. We could do everything. And I'll be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to take Joe Burrow. And yeah. then that's it. That's Then I leave. I put on the diamond necklace, throw on a turtleneck and uh, <laughs> do all that stuff. But listen, next week we will get your definitive pick. We're not going to hold you to anything that you just said right now. I'm going to give you a week to stew over it. So yeah. uh, you'll join us next week, and uh, I mean you'll agree to that, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. I'll be on. Okay, listen, I'm going to tell you though. I'm going to be out on. The, I'm going to be out on location in LA. So yeah. I don't know when we're going to be doing it, but I'm going to be counting on you. It might just be me and you. That's okay. <laughs> there, we'll have, we'll have a lot there. of fun. We'll do that. So Cash, thank you so much for joining us. There's there you go. Oh, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Oh, he laughed. No, he's I'm back. back. I'm back. I'm back. You notice. I followed Run My Bets. <laughs> I saw that. I appreciate that. All right. Follow him on Instagram at Run My Bets. All right, cats, get out of here. And I want to thank everybody who joined the show today. Thanks for everybody here who stopped by. Uh, Tom Grossi of the PatCast. He's amazing. Patrick Sheldon. Follow him on Twitter. Follow his work uh, in the as part of the Bears media. And, of course, Cash coming here, giving some great value picks. Thanks to Sammy and everybody who puts this together behind the scenes. By the way, big thanks to uh, – uh, Mitch Hine, who used to run the old podcast. I know I've never said this before on this show yet, but we used to have another podcast, and Mitch Hine did such a great job for us, and I'm remiss that I've never recognized him. I should have shouted him out uh, many, many moons ago. So I want to thank him for that. Uh, but uh, until that time, until next week, we will see you. That's it. We'll see you ahead of Super Bowl Sunday. Until then, bear down. Sammy, take us away. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.